welcome to Take the Upgrade podcast. I'm Julie. And I'm Carrie. And we are sisters passionate about helping others rise to the next level. We are the co-founders and owners of The Natural Shift, and we created this podcast with you in mind. Each week, we will share simple tips that are easy to implement or an inspiring interview, all with the same intention, to raise the collective and to help you step into your best life. We are so excited to have you join us. Get ready to create real progress and lasting change. So let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Before I tell you about our very special guest today, I want to remind you of those free eBooks that are waiting for you. You'll find them linked in the show notes. The first one is called the top three health habits. So check that out and get some really great tips on how to upgrade your health in three main areas. And then we also have an upgrade your cart. And this is all about making healthier choices when we go grocery shopping and just upgrading those ingredients a little bit uh, to keep us healthier. So today I'm so excited to share with you an interview that I did with Kayla Craft. Kayla is the host of Mommy Millionaire podcast. She is a mom of three, a self-made millionaire, and a lifestyle entrepreneur. As a California native, she went from saving lives as a nurse in the ER to working nine to five, helping women pursue a passion for owning their own business. Her first taste of success began when she created an organization of 60,000 plus people for Isogenics a company that sells health and wellness supplements. Using that business building knowledge as foundation, she branched out as business strategist and found incomparable satisfaction from helping others achieve success. Kayla has inspired thousands of women to believe in themselves as entrepreneurs and businesswomen. Her main goal is to help women shamelessly pursue their ambitions and grow their business to seven figures. Kayla created Mommy Millionaire to fill a void in the community driven by women that desire to uplift, encourage, and rally each other's success. Mommy Millionaire seeks to pour out practical tips and business know-how that is current and relevant to what is working today. Kayla is an expert in speaking about sales, culture, and online marketing with experience in keynote speeches on connecting. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed the interview. Well, Kayla, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. And um, I just want to tell the listeners that I have been following you, listening to your podcast, and they have been so incredibly inspiring to me. So it's really an honor to have you on. Um, So I'd love for you to just start by telling the listeners just a little bit about yourself, your background, um, your career, um, and then we'll just dive right in. Awesome. I am so excited to be here, and I'm just like really proud of you for the work that you're doing. Um, I love the name of the show. And for all of you guys listening in, all, I don't know how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, go back to, let's go back to um, college, what your career is, you know, t- okay. tell them about how your career has kind of transpired. Okay. So I'll, I'll um, to do that, I kind of have to talk about high school. And in high school, I was put in a health careers academy because I was like one of the fortunate kids to get out of the hood, I like to say. And if I, if I went through this academy, I was going to become a nurse. Um, 
sooner rather than later. And they were going to pay for all of my schooling. And so that's why I chose to become a nurse was it was like my ticket out and I was going to have a stable job. And I was like so excited about it. Knew nothing about healthcare, uh, zero about it. And then I just fell in love with the profession. I was a charge nurse in the ER by the time I was 21 and really loved what I was doing. But then I started to have kids and, you know, the stress of working in the ER was not conducive to my lifestyle at home. I couldn't leave work at home. I mean, I couldn't leave home at work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and, And so I started to look into other things. And just as I was like opening my eyes to other opportunities, just in the nursing field, network marketing came into my life and solely just by the use of the products. And I loved using the products. I started to share them naturally. I was starting to get paid and I was like, okay, this is pretty like easy. It seems low stress. I want to learn more about this. And so I went to a convention, fell in love with our company and just everything that network marketing stands for and just kind of went full force with it and retired from nursing. Now, um, I'm, you know, I have an amazing, amazing business in network marketing. And then I also have several other businesses outside of it that um, me and my husband work together on. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. And we, we share, you know, a, ba- a medical background um, in common. And I, you know, I'm kind of like you, I've been introduced to network marketing and didn't know anything about it and thought, wow, this is really awesome. I can get paid to do something that I'm super passionate about and love. So, you know, the opportunities out there, right? If people just, just open their eyes and look for it. I mean, it's out there. So um, I listened to one of your podcast. Um, This was a while back, actually, and it just really stuck out to me. And so what I really wanted to talk about today was the process of letting go. And the fact that sometimes we're holding on to so much junk that we don't really even realize. And it's holding us back from living the life that we were meant to live from achieving our goals and our dreams. And you have Obviously, I know it's probably a daily, you know, choice, but you have kind of overcome a lot of that. So I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, In the podcast that I listened to, it was, you talked a lot about a process, like a seven-step process that you had been introduced to. So just tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Awesome. So for those of you guys listening in, I want you to just think about somebody that you've been holding a grudge against. Maybe it's somebody in your team, maybe it's your upline, or maybe it's your, um, somebody in your family that you've been holding them, uh, you know, holding a grudge against them for a very long time. And I want you just to have an open mind, um, in what we're talking about and thinking, how can you apply this to these people that you've been holding grudges to? Cause it's probably not just one person. <laughs> it's probably mm-hmm. multiple people. And yeah. I know if you're in the business world, it's super easy to, uh, you know, take things personally and to hold people to agreements that they never made. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just want you to think about those people in the back of your mind. Cause I really just want to add a massive amount of value to you guys as you're listening in. So, um, I, to understand why I was holding grudges, I really have to talk about my childhood and all of you guys, a lot of the things that you do on a daily basis, go back to things that happened in your childhood. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was a product of a broken home. My parents were divorced when I was five or six. And then my mom remarried when I was older 
And I hated my stepdad. I was mad at him. And my real dad's over in jail because he's a drug addict. And so I was a girl that was very scared, um, full of shame. I didn't want anybody to know that my dad was in jail. And then I had this alcoholic stepdad that I thought, oh my gosh, mom, you're going down the same route again. Like what the heck is wrong with you? So I help, I'm starting to hold a grudge against my mom when I'm like 10 years old. I'm like mad at everybody. Right. I'm like, why doesn't everybody just listen to Kayla? Like I'm the smartest person <laughs> in the world. Okay. And, um, I'm just this scared little girl and a lot of you guys listening in, you could probably think about some times in your childhood um, and you might still be making decisions as that scared little girl or that scared little boy. And I realized that <laughs> I'm not a scared little 10-year-old anymore. I'm a grown woman and I have to get over this stuff and start making decisions as a grown woman would. But most people I come into contact with on a daily basis are still making decisions from that scared little girl's viewpoint. Um, and so you know, that was all of the things that I had to, you know, let go of was basically mm -hmm. holding a grudge against my mom. Cause I found out like, even though I was in my later twenties, when I was doing this work, I was still holding a grudge against my mom. I'm like, I always thought what would happen, what would have happened in my life if she would have never married my stepdad? I just always had thought my whole life, my life would be so much better. It would have been so much easier. And what I realized by going through the seven step process was that this had to happen the exact way that it did for me to be as driven as I am and for me to impact as many lives as I can. And so uh, I want you guys all to just like realize that everything that's happened in your life up until this point has happened for you. Everything mm -hmm. has happened for you. And that, that should just give you chills thinking about that right now because, I mean – it's so easy to look at stuff like, why is this happening to me? Why is my stepdad a jerk? You know, why, why is my mom like making all these mistakes, whatever it is, or why am I, you know, being treated this way in my business? Why is nobody, why is everybody saying no to me? And we become a victim. And what I want you to become right now is a victor of your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the first step that you have to do in order to, you know, go through this process is you have to identify the complaint. So after you think about this person that, um, you know, you're having a, holding a grudge against, and I'll just use, um, my stepdad, for example, and he's aware of all this. I called and actually went through every single complaint I had about him and told him to his face, we'll get through it and I'll, and I'll share with you how it ended up being a beautiful thing. But so you identify the complaint and what you do is you state it as a story, not as a fact. So I could say that, um, I, I really didn't like that, uh, you weren't kind to me as a child. And, um, so instead of saying that I would state it as a story. So I have this story in my head that whenever I, um, was having a bad day, you should have been really nice to me and you should have said really nice things to me all the time. And that's the story I have. So second thing is this identify the lens you are reading the story through. So everybody has a lens. Okay. And I figured out that my lens that I look at everything and everybody has a perspective and you'll probably realize yours as I share with you guys. Mine is knowing my background is I'm ashamed. So that's the lens that I look at things through. So I'm a very defensive person at this point in my life because I'm so ashamed. So I'm constantly feeling like I need to defend. Um, another yeah. lens that I have is I am nothing. And most people look at life through the lens of I am nothing. So when you look at lenses through the, through the lens of I am nothing, you're constantly trying to prove that you're something. 
and mm. it's, it becomes a really hard life. Okay. So the third thing that you want to do is this, you put yourself in their shoes. And when I did this, this was so powerful. You guys, I put myself in my stepdad's shoes. He was walking in to a woman who had just declared bankruptcy. Um, she had a seven-year-old daughter and a five-year-old little boy who was a nightmare. And me too. I was a nightmare. I mean, you imagine, you know, having your dad ripped from your home and he's in jail and you're just upset and struggling and you're like, ah, so he's coming into that plus with two kids of his own and, uh, you know, recently divorced from his drug addict wife. So there's like so many issues going on. He's trying to keep his kids happy, trying to come over and keep my mom happy and then trying to keep us happy, which we don't want him to make us happy. Right. So he's Mm. in a hard position. And the moment I looked at my, at this and I'm like, Oh my gosh, put yourself in their shoes. Wow. He had it rough. And being, I'm his age now that he was when he came into my life. And I'm like, gosh, I couldn't even imagine the struggle and how hard it would be every single day to go into that environment. So, um, it was good. It was a good reflection. And this is so good when you guys are holding a grudge against somebody to put yourself in their shoes. It literally makes you forgive instantly. Okay. And, uh, the fourth part of the process is notice how you're holding this person accountable to agreements they never made. And this is the hardest part for a lot of you guys to do because you still are on, um, this thing that, you know, people live to a code of humanity and I live, my code, um, is the Bible. So I, you know, make all my decisions based on that. If it's in alignment with what Jesus would do, but this is what you guys all have to realize is that not everybody living in the world lives their code the same way as you. And, um, we can't make them wrong for that because how will we change the world when we're constantly making people wrong for the things that they do? We can only show them the light all day long. Okay. And so notice how you're holding this person accountable to agreements they never made. When my mom started dating my stepdad, he didn't, I didn't like bring up a contract and say, you need to be nice to me. You need to not make me, you know, the blunt of your jokes or whatever it was. Um, I don't have the letter in front of me, but it was like a long list of things that I thought he should be like as a, as a person, you shouldn't drink. That was another agreement that I thought he should have made, you know, all these things. Um, so then step five is this note that your opinion is the source of your suffering. So my opinion about who my stepdad should have been like and treated me like, because I saw all these other dads around me and I was holding him to that standard was causing me suffering. So if I could just delete my opinion about how he should be and how he should act and how he should treat me, how he should treat my mom, my suffering would be gone. And oh my gosh, you guys, that's like, whoo, I don't know, Julie, if you've ever had that in your life where you're just like, oh my gosh, like just get rid of my opinion and I stop suffering. It's so freeing. Wow. Yes. I love that. I love that. And, and you know, it's so everything. I mean, I'm, I'm like actually taking notes here on everything that you're saying because it's so, so good. We do hold people accountable for just what you said, agreements that they never made a way that we think that they're supposed to act or to treat us. And they don't even realize that we want them to treat us that way sometimes, you know? Uh, and then just like you said, I mean, the, the opinion is the source of your suffering. That's really, really good. If we can kind of view it through a different lens, then it really helps us to heal and respond in a different way. And then we can be the light, you know, for other people. Yeah. And I mean, when you have an opinion about how somebody should act, 
you mm-hmm. just get so caught up in not being who you want to be. You know what I mean? Because you're just so focused on who everybody else should be. And right. that's the last thing you need to be doing. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll share with you guys the last two steps and they're, they're quick. Um, number six is how have you been a hypocrite? So how have you done this same thing, but possibly in a different way to someone else? And mm. I mean, the first thing that came to mind for me when I was writing this letter to him was, oh my gosh, like, well, I am not nice to people all the time that make me mad or whatever, you know, or that are, is in a hard situation. I mean, I'm not nice or, um, mm-hmm. I've been a hypocrite in my own marriage, you know, treating chase in a bad way sometimes. And that's what I, I used to get mad at him for against my mom. And I was like, oh my gosh, how can I get mad at somebody when I do these things? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And then number seven is to ask for forgiveness and express gratitude for the situation, making you who you are. And this is the most powerful step. And I, I tell people to do this all the time. And a lot of people don't, they don't want to do this. And I'm like, okay, you're going to probably stay stuck where you are. Um, they don't want to ask for forgiveness. They're like, but what he did was wrong. And I'm like, I understand that you think it was that way, but you have to ask for forgiveness because you have been holding a grudge against him and you have to acknowledge your part in the situation. And it's literally so powerful because you're not saying, um, you know, you're not saying, uh, you need to apologize to me. You're saying, I I'm apologizing to you for, mm-hmm. for my, for me holding a grudge free against you for all these years. I've had so many negative thoughts about you. And I called up my stepdad and I told him all this for years. I have talked badly about you and spread gossip about you and tried to make you look bad in everybody's eyes since the day I met you. And I sincerely want to ask for your forgiveness. And this, I mean, he's in his fifties now. He was crying on the phone with me and just saying, you know, it was hard. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I I realize now that it was a really hard situation that you're in. And I just want to say, thank you so much for who you who you were in my life because I am, I would not be as strong of a person because I had to get thick skin at a very young age um, mm-hmm. because of the environment I grew up in. And so I'm thankful because now I'm in business. I mean, you have to have thick skin. And mm-hmm. so I like 100% believe that if my life wouldn't have been the way it was, I would not be who I am today. And so I hope all of you guys can look at every situation in your life with gratitude and forgiveness. Because the moment you can do that, then you can move on and have energy to build your business and build the life that you want to create. So many of you guys have energetic holds against people and you don't even realize that it's there and it needs to be cleared out so you can make space for goodness to come into your life. And at the end of the day, like I said, I live my life by the code of you know the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus forgives everybody. I mean, yes. his enemies, he forgives. And it, it's just like, that's how you have to live is just constantly focused on when Jesus came to earth, he only had what, 30 something years and he was on a mission. You know, he didn't have time and he got so much done. He was the best leader that ever lived. And you know, you just don't have time to mess around with all this dumb stuff at the end of the day. You know, if today was your last day, would you be worried about any of this stuff? Would you want any of this stuff to hold you back? Absolutely not. Right. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I love it. That, that is such great advice. And I I heard something else that you said once that, um, around this topic that you wanted to grow more than you wanted to stay attached to your comfort zone. So talk it yet. I mean, that's so good. Like talk a little bit about that because I want people to kind of see, maybe give them kind of some simple steps, like where, you know, they, 
can start? Is it really with kind of, you know, self-examination and kind of looking within yourself and seeing, figuring out what you're holding on to and why it's making you act and feel a certain way towards, you know, a family member or a teammate or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I said that in the context of talking about pain, maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people, they want to act like the pain isn't there. They want to bury the pain and they don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. And I let pain fuel me every day. Mm-hmm. Pain is my mm-hmm. biggest driver. And, um, self-awareness is the key to transformation. Absolutely. When you're aware of the pain that you've experienced in your life, let that fuel you, let that skyrocket you into, into going forward. And, um, you know, I'm not one, uh, to beat around the bush and sugarcoat things and say, take it one step at a time, have patience, all that kind of stuff. That's not me. I'm not going to tell you that because that's not what a good friend and a good mentor would, t- would tell all of you guys. You need mm-hmm. to get over having patience and just go as fast as you can. As if today was your last day, that is how you need to be living, letting that pain fuel you. Because if you, if you take it moment by moment and you're just like, let me just see what happens. I'm going to work on this this week and I'm going to do that this week. You're just like, I don't know. It's like you're coddling yourself and everybody, that's what's wrong with America is everybody just coddles themselves a little too much mm-hmm. and gives themselves a little bit too much grace. Like mm-hmm. Pressure makes diamonds. If this was your last day on earth, if your kids, if some of you guys listening in have kids, if your kids could watch what you do all day long, would you be proud of what they see? And that's one of the pains that drives me because I remember looking at what my parents did and was like ashamed. Like, and that pain drives me because I never want my kids to look at me the way that I looked at my parents, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think something that uh, I hear often and I, and I try to, you know, if I, if I have a friend or someone who is experiencing difficulty moving on from something and um, I, I like for them to kind of start thinking about the stories that they're telling themselves. So like being self-aware of if you just stop and you kind of quiet yourself, what are the thoughts in your head? Like, what are you telling yourself every day? I mean, don't you think that's so powerful? The things that we tell ourselves, like, you know, maybe people are telling themselves, well, I can't go and talk to this person. You know, I'm, I'm so angry or, you know, whatever the case may be. Sometimes subconsciously we're telling ourselves stories that just aren't true. And so I think the awareness even goes, goes into like, look, look at the thoughts that you're telling yourself, listen to those thoughts that you're telling yourself every single day, because you have the power to change them. Right. Mm, 100%. And, um, scientists say we, that are, you know, they, they differ between thinking that we think 40,000 thoughts a day and some say 70,000 thoughts a day, either mm-hmm. are, they're both a lot. Right. And mm-hmm. 95% of the thoughts that we think are completely subconscious. We don't even know that we're thinking them. They're happening right now. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, so yes, absolutely. The more aware you are, the more you can transform your thoughts. And, um, one thing is, is what you resist will persist. You guys should write that down. What Mm -hmm. you resist will persist. And if you keep resisting some of the thoughts that are coming up and you're trying to drown them out by watching TV, by putting on the radio, so you can't hear your thoughts or drinking Mm -hmm. alcohol. So you can't think your thoughts, you know, whatever it is that you do to drown those things away. Um, you keep resisting it, it's going to persist like wildfire, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. And so get quiet, 
And I used to run from my thoughts. I was like, well, I'm just going to work myself to death. So that way I can't hear what I'm really thinking deep down. And um, that literally caused me to literally have a nervous breakdown. And um, I want all of you guys to make time once a week at least to journal. Um, like I, I journal every single day, but if I could say, you know, one thing that you guys need to do, it's journaling, getting the thoughts out of your mind and then looking at them and saying, okay, what triggers me to think these thoughts? What are things that people will do? And so for me, because you guys, I told you guys, my lens is I am nothing. Um, I always feel like people think I'm nothing. And so, um, if somebody doesn't come up to me and, uh, say hi to me or whatever, doesn't remember who I am. I mean, it used to be the end of the world for me. Like it would take me out of the game for the whole entire day. And so I know that that triggers me. So now what I do, I do the exact opposite of what I used to do. If I'm in a room of people I don't know, I'm going up to every single person in that room, looking them in the eyes, saying hi, and wanting to make sure that they feel love for me. And I'm doing the exact opposite of what I used to do. Instead of waiting for people to come to me and prove that I'm something, I'm going up to other people and making them feel like they're somebody. And it's very, very powerful because now I know my triggers. And those triggers don't ever go away. I I literally Mm -hmm. experienced a trigger two days ago when I took my daughter on a field trip. And um, I was like, nope, we're not going down that road. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, so understand your triggers and you do that by examining your thoughts as much as possible. The only way you can do that is by journaling. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there's there's that brain connection when you actually put things down on paper that it really just really just connects everything and you can kind of see it laid out, you know, and go back to it, you know, read back through. Um, I love to journal as well and read back through um, your journaling and just like you, you just said something that is, is so important. Um, this it's a daily choice, right? You said it never goes away and whatever your, your trigger is for, for any of us, and it could be multiple things. It's never going to go away. It's just that we have to make that daily choice to, you know, say, Oh, this is not going to happen. Like I know this, I recognize this. Now, what am I going to do to shut this down, to shut this thought down? Um, and so that kind of takes me into what our podcast is really all about. It's all about taking the upgrade um, every single day. And, and to us, that really means um, doing something that elevates your life in some area. It could be food, fitness, mindset. It could be anything. But those small daily choices are what lead to the real Um, progress and lasting change. So I would love to know if I just said, you know, Kayla, what does take the upgrade mean to you? Like what, what um, areas do you feel like you take an upgrade in every day? Ooh. Um, I mean, just the fact that I get up every morning at 5 Mm AM, I rarely feel like getting out of bed at 5 AM. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's an upgrade because most people in the world would say, let me hit the snooze button and I'm going to sleep two more hours until the kids are, are waking me up, right? Yes. And that's an upgrade. And I automatically feel like I'm winning when I do that. And so when I make that choice first thing in the morning, it's easier to make better choices all day long because mm-hmm. I won first thing in the morning. Um, so that's huge to me. And a lot of people go, oh, well, I'm a night owl. And it's like, I get it. I used to be a night owl too. Um, but if if you talk to most high, high, high achievers, 
every single one of them will tell you that they get up and they have a morning routine. And so success leaves clues. And so I, I was like, I have to do the things that super high achievers are doing if I want to be that person. So yes. that's what it, I mean, that's one thing that I do. I love that. So if you look back kind of over your life, what do you think the most pivotal upgrade you've ever taken is? What would you say? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I would say just upgrading my standards and, um, you know, oh gosh, I did that at a very young age. Um, like, you know, I mean, I, I had to grow up at a very young age mm-hmm. and so it made me driven and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I would say just like at a very young age, I knew that I was going to have an amazing life and I didn't know how that was going to happen. But I remember making a list in my Bible of everything I wanted in a husband. And mm-hmm. I mean, like I still have it in, in um, my Bible today. It was like, you know, just verbatim everything that Chase had. And when I met Mm -hmm. him, I was actually dating somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I just dumped the other guy that I had been with for three years and (laughs) said, I'm marrying (laughs) Chase. And a year later, Chase and I were married, Um, but he fit everything on that list. And so, I mean, I would say that was one upgrade. It was like, I, when I saw him, I was like, that's, that's my guy. And I'm not settling for anything less than, and I'm not letting this guy go. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would say that's one thing, but like, the reason why I was able to do that was because I had a clear list of what I wanted. And, Mm -hmm. um, when I found it, I was like, I'm taking that. And most people don't know what they want. And so they get leftovers, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about upgrading in life, it's like, if you don't have a clear picture on what it is that you want, you're not ever going to be satisfied. And so I think when you're like, wanting to like go to that next level or upgrade, be very super clear and don't, don't stink and, um, underestimate what can happen for your life. Like go big and tolerate like nothing else but the best for yourself. And every day I do that. I mean, if, if I have like relationships in my life that are not up to my standard, they don't treat me a way that I want to be treated. I, and I, I'm very clear with like people that I'm in relationship with. It's like, this is how I want to be treated. This is how I expect to be treated. And this is how you should expect for me to treat you. And if, if these aren't being met, we don't need to be in relationship anymore. You know, Mm, that's so good. The expectations are there. Nobody's surprised and it does not create, I mean, it creates, it just creates a good, a good environment, a good relationship because everybody's on the same page, so to speak. Right. Totally. And I think a lot of people are like, um, oh my gosh, it's so weird, uh, you know, to have those conversations. And I'm like, well, if you can't have those types of conversations, like (laughs) you're not ready for success because Mm -hmm. the more success that you want, the harder conversations you're going to have. Cause yeah, it is awkward. Right. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. um, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And Mm -hmm. any successful person I know, they're very quick to have the conversation and, um, the, it's called crucial conversations, you know, like constantly being willing to have those. And that's how, you know, if somebody's like, I look at a lot of success, successful people and I ask them, you know, how many hard conversations do you have a week? And it's like, oh, it's terrifying how many hard conversations I have <laughs> because it's like, you know, it's, it's constantly mm-hmm. having hard conversations. And, um, you know, that's just kind of what you have to be willing to do. And if you're not willing to do that, you're probably not ready. 
Mm-hmm. And so speaking of success, you are super successful and we know that successful people have non-negotiables in their life every day. They have a routine, like you mentioned, like morning routine, but then they also typically have non-negotiables. So tell us what some of your non-negotiables would be. Things that you are like, I'm doing this. Nobody's going to stop me. It's not going to interrupt my, like for instance, one of my non-negotiables is I work out every day. And if the phone rings, somebody texts me, then sorry, they're not going to be able to get in touch with me because I'm not going to stop. And you know, be on somebody else's time when that's a non-negotiable for me. So what are some of your Mm non-negotiables? Um, okay. So a non-negotiable for me is exercise too. I just worked out 5am this morning. (laughs) And, um, that is something that is a huge game changer. And, uh, we're going through some changes in our house right now. And, my time schedule has been off. I haven't been able to work out every morning at five and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I have to figure out a way to work out at home because, um, anyways, I'm obsessed with working out. It just gives you endorphins and all that kind of stuff. I can go on and on about that. Another non-negotiable for me is eating healthy. So I always ask myself, is this honoring to my body what I'm about to eat? And that's a non-negotiable for me because if I fuel myself with the proper stuff, I feel good and I'm able to impact the world. And I'm so mission focused. Um, Another non-negotiable for me is spending quality time with my kids. So I have that scheduled into my phone. And every mom that I tell that to, they're like, that's so weird. You have to schedule time in. Like if you had my personality, you would do the same. You would need to do the same thing because I'm a workaholic. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I schedule it in and I put my phone away. Um, I do quality time with them. Like we'll go outside. We'll do something where I'm nowhere near my phone. And uh, I do that. I also um, journal. I meditate every day. I um, try to reach out to, well, no, I try. It is a non-negotiable. I <laughs> talk to my mom every day because um super important that I continue a relationship with her. And so I have to schedule that in because that's not something I want to do. And I know that probably sounds weird. Um, Another non-negotiable for me is 30 minutes of uninterrupted reading. And so um, I usually just get my kitchen timer. I'll get lost in a book, but I only give myself 30 minutes (laughs) because (laughs) I constantly want to be like learning because leaders are learners. And so Mm -hmm. I read every single day. I could go on and on about my non-negotiables, but um, (laughs) I think that's pretty much, I think I pretty much hit them all. Um, and you know, I do, I do them at different times of the day sometimes, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are great. I love those. Those are great because we constantly have to be growing our mind, right? Just like you said, uh, to grow and to, to go to the next level and to achieve those big dreams and goals that we all have inside us, whether or not we've recognized it yet. For some people, they just haven't recognized what those are, but we have to be in a constant kind of growth state of mind to get to the goal. Um, so what do you wish everyone knew that would change their lives? Like if you could just say, maybe you were talking to the former version of yourself. What do you wish was one thing that you knew that would just really change it all? Oh, um, well, I think the, that thoughts are things. Mm. And so, um, you know, you can choose to possess them or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of us, we think that we get, we, we become married to our thoughts and we think we can't change them. 
and we think we can't divorce the thoughts. You know what I mean? And, and really at any time you can change them. Your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a truth and a lie. And so I wish they taught this stuff in schools. That's why I teach my kids every single day. We do affirmations. Um, mm-hmm. It's huge. I mean, my daughter's six years old and she's already really struggling with her thoughts and feeling like she's not special because girls at school don't want to play with her. And it's literally the saddest thing ever. And my eight-year-old has been watching me from day one do affirmations, do all this stuff. And I overheard him telling her, Charlie, you just can't think that way anymore. He's like, come here, look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're special. And so she, and she goes, she goes, well, how do I, how do I do that if I don't really believe it? And he goes, well, if you tell yourself enough, you'll start to believe it. And I was like, oh my gosh, my heart's like breaking and melting at the same time that my eight-year-old would be able to tell her this. And um, anyway, oh. so it's something we're actively working on with with all of our kids because it's so important. You see, she's six years old and she already has, she grew up in a very loving home, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's already having thoughts like that. And so um, it's a problem. And so I really like highly recommend that all of you guys work on this with every single person that you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it might sound silly. It might sound cliche, but that will change your life 100%. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I've actually just started doing um, affirmations with my kids um, just here recently. And it, you know, they, they're actually excited about it. Like in the morning, you know, they choose what their affirmation for the day is. And so we'll talk about it. Like, I'm like, what's your affirmation today? You know, and it, this is the way that we change generations really. Right. I mean, this is the way, this is where it starts. It has to start with us. And typically as, as women, as moms, you know, we're the thermostat for the home. We're the leader of the home often, you know, in, in, especially in areas like this. So I just love that. What a, what a great example um, of how you're leading that your eight-year-old was able to then help your, you know, your six-year-old about what he saw you do. So I just love that. That's, that's so awesome. So oh, I love that you're doing that with your kids. It's so cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, it, it's it's fun. It's actually a lot of fun to see that they get excited about it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that. Now, I want to ask you a few bonus questions. Um, since you said that you love to read and you read for, you know, about 30 minutes or so every day, what book are you reading right now? Or what book are you loving? Maybe you're like me and I have like four going right now, but... <laughs> Um, okay. So one that I'm actually rereading, it's called the greatest salesman in the world and it's by Og Mandino. And, um, have you ever read this? I have not. Oh my gosh. Every single person on your team needs to read this. Um, it's amazing. It's so amazing. So I reread that probably every quarter. It's so powerful. Wow. I just wrote it down. Yeah. Okay. So that's one that I'm rereading right now. Another one that I'm reading that's a really fun book. Um, well, it's not fun. It's actually super intense. Um, but that's me. So, uh, it's called extreme ownership and it's, it's written by a Navy seal and his name's Jocko Willink. And, um, and then another guy is the leaf Babin. I don't know if that's how you really say their name, but you guys, (laughs) This book is so good. It's all, it's called, uh, how U S Navy seals lead to win. And, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Um, it, it's a lot of stories in there about them being in war. But what I love about it is, um, Jocko talks about, he's like the head of all the Navy seals. It's like crazy. So like, mm-hmm. imagine the leadership that he's 
under and um, something went wrong in battlefield and he took complete ownership of it, even though he wasn't even there. He took ownership of what went wrong that day. And that Mm. really stood out to me because so often we want to, we look to blame other people for everything that's wrong, you know? And, um, we always need to take ownership. And the moment that you take ownership of your life, your whole life will change. When you realize if it's up to be, it's up to me or if it's Mm -hmm. to be, it's up to me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I tell my kids that all the time and it's really up to you. If you want to be successful in business, if you really want to upgrade your life, nobody can do that for you. Julie cannot do that for you. You can listen to the Mm -hmm. podcast all day long, but you have to make the decision to change your life and take ownership of it, of everything that's happened for you. Right. And mm-hmm. what are you going to do with that? Everything that's happened for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love that you said that earlier, everything happens for us. Absolutely. And that's just, that's another really, really a lot of this is just about mindset and shifting our mindset to sometimes it's just that we need to think more positive thoughts, you know, that everything is happening for us and that we would not be where we are right now, if everything would, you know, if we hadn't learned the things from our past experiences and that it all happens for us, you know, I, I couldn't, could not agree more. So what is something that you cannot live without right now? I mean, it could be like a cool pair of jeans. It could be some food that you love. What's something you can't live without right now? Oh, um, Let me think. Gosh, these are good questions. What is something I can't live <laughs> out right now? I would say spin class, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, just- I literally look, I love when I can. I only do it once a week because my quads get too big. But it's like my, I love going because it's one place um, that I can completely not think at all and literally just be in the moment. And so I really look forward to my spin classes. Mm, I love that. I've done a couple of spin classes and I, we don't really have that, um, around here. Well, a couple of gyms probably do, but I've gone, when I go on vacation, um, I love to just go to different, you know, workout classes in different areas. That's something that I always do. And, uh, I've gone to a couple of spin classes. It was a lot of fun. It's just hard work, but it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Well, when you're here <laughs> for the mommy millionaire event, if you have time, you should go to grit cycle. Um, oh, it's all okay. about the instructor. So if you don't have, it, it's, it's all about the instructor. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm writing that down because you know, I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> so what do you wish people knew about you? I mean, you're pretty, you know, you're, you're very transparent, which I love. I mean, I love the fact that you're so authentic and you're so vulnerable with, um, you know, with your online community and really those of us who have been following you feel like we know you. And I think that that, you know, that's awesome. I mean, I, I love that about you, but is there something that you feel like people don't know and you kind of wish they knew about you? Yeah, totally. I think that if, especially if you follow me on social media, you're, you look at me and you're think, gosh, she's an insanely busy person. She has a lot going on, which is true. I, I do have a lot going on. Um, and I look like I'm constantly motivated, but one thing I wish that people knew is that it's never easy for me. I never wake up and, and, and have it easy and like feel like doing all the things that I have to do. Um, it's never easy. I literally have to make myself do it. And this is what happens is this is why I'm so huge about action. 
people think, let me get confident and then I'll take more action. Let me do all the work and then I'll take action. And it's like, that's the exact opposite thing that you need to think about. Affirmations are fantastic, right? But Mm -hmm. the number one way to feel better about yourself is to actually do something. Most people Mm -hmm. feel like crap about themselves and don't believe in themselves because they're lazy. They're not doing anything, right? Mm -hmm. And they can Mm -hmm. keep thinking about doing it. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's not going to make you feel good. You can tell yourself all day long you're amazing. But if you're not taking amazing action, why would you feel good about yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. I was like, I never feel like it. And I wish people knew that, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. And sometimes I do that. Do you ever do the the Mel Robbins five, four, three, two, one? Like just do it. Like something yeah. that you know you, you don't want to do and you're just like, okay, let me just count backwards and just make yourself do it. I do that a lot with like phone calls that I need to make and I'll kind of just put it off a little bit and I'm like, no, do this, you know, and then you feel so good and accomplished after you get it done. And honestly, the more that you do that, I feel like you you identify with that feeling of, Oh, that felt really good just to get that done and kind of, you know, off my list or, you know, I just feel really good. And then you, then you want that feeling more. So it makes you take action even more. So really action breeds action, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. And so one last question, um, our listeners love healthy snacks and just kind of ideas. Do you have any favorite healthy snack that, that you'd like to share? Like what's your, what's your favorite snack? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this was my favorite snack up until a couple of weeks ago and I found out I can't eat celery anymore, but most people in the world can eat celery. And so, um, if you can eat celery, my favorite thing in the world is celery. And then, um, have you ever had a, it's called, it's, well, it's a bad word, but so I won't say it. Starts with a B and it's itching sauce and it's Uh almond hummus and it is so good. Oh my gosh. And so I would just dip celery in almond hummus like all day long if I could. Um, so that is amazing. And I think, and celery is just water. And so it's like so good for your skin. It's amazing. Uh, so I would say that is like something that you have to keep like celery cut up in your fridge all day long. Cause if it's not prepared, then you grab something that's easier. Right. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to try snack, that. I, yeah. Try that. And then another snack that I'm eating right now, cause I can have this is I do like those little fat bombs, which is the coconut butter mm-hmm. and cacao. Um, and you just have like a little tiny bit of it and it really fills you up. Mm. Brain yes. power really. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Um, I do. I love to get coconut butter and put it in um, cryo brew, like um, ground cacao beans, like you would coffee, and then you just blend it up and you then you put the coconut butter in there. It's so good. So it kind of, that, that's what it reminded me of. Um, that's a drink, but it kind of reminded me of that. Yummy. Yes. Well, Kayla, thank you so much. I mean, this has just been so awesome. I know our listeners are going to I get massive value out of everything that we talked about today. So I just thank you so much for coming on and we're going to link Kayla's social media following so where, where you can go and follow her on social media. And is there anything else you, you want to tell them? Kayla has a podcast. That's so amazing. We'll link to that as well. Your mommy millionaire live. Is it sold out? Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, the, yeah. And it will probably be over by the time this airs. Right. So 
Um, yeah, actually, it probably will be. Yeah. Yeah, because it's coming up next week. So guys, I am going and I am beyond thrilled. And I'm going to come back and share so much amazing information with you guys. So at her next event, because I know there'll be more, then we'll definitely be sharing about that. Maybe people totally. can attend, uh, next time. Yeah. And then you know what would be fun is I'm, I'm launching a book in November. And so, um, if you guys just make sure to follow me on all the social media channels, you will want to pick up this book because it's, it's called the habit of leading yourself. And it's a one year guide to becoming unstoppable. And it's a week by week guide on basically how to become unstoppable. And so I give you the tools and the habits that you need to have in place, um, in order to literally have everything you want in your life. And so that'll be available probably by the time this episode airs. Oh, wonderful. I'm really looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed our time. You're awesome. Me too. Thank you, Kayla. Thanks for listening to today's Take the Upgrade podcast. To make sure you don't miss any of our episodes, click subscribe now. And if you love today's episode, we would be so grateful if you would share it and leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about what it means to take the upgrade, including daily tips and inspiration, follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a free ebook waiting for you on the top three habits to upgrade your health. You can download that by visiting our website, naturalshift.com and opting into our email. Links are in the show notes. And as always, it's those daily choices that lead to real progress and lasting change. Until next time.